1: Hello and welcome to this episode of Character Unlock, believed to be episode 21, or Blackjack as some of you would call it. This episode we're probably not going to be doing much news because, well, E3 happened not that long ago, so if you're really interested in news, go listen to those episodes that we did. So we're going to do a mostly what we've been playing, but with me is Andrew Brooker. How are we, Mr. Brooks?
0: I am hot, mate.
1: Hot. Yep, that's a general consensus right now in this country and most of the Northern Hemisphere.
0: It is awfully fucking warm.
1: It's It's warmer here than it is in Barcelona, I can tell you that.
0: It's like sitting inside Satan's butthole after curry night. It's Okay then. (laughs) And spicy.
1: That's not a statement I I was expecting to hear this early in the podcast.
0: And it smells. (laughs) Maybe the smell is just you. I don't know where I go from here. Stop it. You're ruining it for everyone. Sorry. I'm alright though, thank you mate. How about yourself?
1: Yeah, I'm... I'm fucking dying, man. (laughs) I I can't cope with the heat. Bring back the snow.
0: It's hilarious, because we... I mean, the temperature isn't even that high, really. But we suck at dealing with the heat in this country so bad that every single person is complaining about the, the heat. And it is fucking awful. I'm stuck to my shirt. My shirt is stuck to my trousers. My trousers and my ass are both stuck to my sofa. I'm just one pool of mess and sweat.
1: You joke about that this country can't handle a little bit of heat. In all seriousness, they just relayed a load of tarmac on my drive home. And they actually said, you can't drive on this, it's too soft still. But... Because it's that fucking hot that the tarmac hasn't set.
0: <laughs> I mean, it is a a reasonably high temperature, I'm not denying that, but... I mean, it is only 30 degrees, you know. But other
1: countries can lay tarmac in this temperature.
0: Yeah, but most, most other countries don't have a problem when, with this in their winter.
1: True. Yeah. We do have a, an odd that we can hit 30 degrees in the summer and then minus 15 in the winter.
0: And then every bastard will still complain <laughs> about the cold as well. you know, like, oh, for fuck's sake.
1: Bring back the summer.
0: Yeah, fuck that.
1: No. Embrace bring the on cold. on the winter. Move to Finland. That's the solution.
0: It's not a bad idea with feed and mm. drive a Volvo and build Ikea stuff for the rest of my life
1: uh, yeah that could work Volvo's are nice cars man
0: yeah
1: and if you're really rich you get a Koenigsegg
0: no <laughs> where would I put the dog in one of those things why are we talking about this we're talking about video games
1: <laughs> there are Koenigseggs in, in, in video games and Volvos <laughs> but there we go and Sweden is uh, available as a track in Dirt Four, so there we go. Okay. I've managed to tie everything we've discussed back to racing games and therefore video games.
0: The most tenuous link I think we've had in quite a while, my friend.
1: Well, it was easier to do that than something with Satan's butthole, but I suppose we could do a, you know, a throw to the new South Park game.
0: I say it's got the South Park games or Saints Row: Get Out of Hell. Yep. Or, yeah. Let's move on. <laughs> So, skipping the
1: news, because, well, the the main reason is that there isn't a lot of news.
0: Well, there's shitloads of news. It's just all Fallout from E3, and I don't want to talk about E3 anymore.
1: Yeah, I'm done with E3. (laughs) Uh, uh, Talking about E3, watching E3, and, you know, just in general, everything E3. Yeah, I'm done with that for a year. Um, Xbox One X, good. Um, Other stuff bad, I guess.
0: Pretty much. (laughs) Yeah. That's
1: that, That's your news for you. So, let's skip straight to what we've been playing. And, Brooker, you're going to start. I hear you've been playing that game you've been putting off playing for God knows how long.
0: I have. So, last week, so after we finished all our E3 podcast, I stuck out a little poll on Twitter and just said, you know, I, I now have three big games I'm desperate to finish and don't know which one to do. So, the choices were Horizon, Dishonored 2, and Prey. How many people voted? I don't know. I can't remember. Like i say, like, two, probably. No, I think it was about 28 or something. It was quite a, a substantial number. All right. Uh, Horizon won out by quite a big margin. Yeah, which, that makes sense. Which didn't surprise me in the slightest. So, so, yeah, so yesterday and today, I sat down and finished Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, mate, what an outstanding game. Yeah? Like, genuinely an outstanding game. I... I know i said this before but I I don't really the thing with open world games is they need to drag me in quite quick because I don't have time to waste 20-30 hours hoping that something is going to get better (laughs) you know I don't have I had this issue with GTA 5 and this is why I started GTA 5 I think 3 times and never finished GTA 5 because I get, I hit the same 10 hour mark and I'm bored yep, makes Uh, sense and at ten hours if you haven't if you haven't grabbed me yet, I don't care how fucking good your game is. I don't care how many ten out of ten reviews it gets. If at ten hours you haven't grabbed me, I'm not playing you anymore. It is as simple as that. Horizon grabbed me pretty quick, uh which was good, but it never let up and this was something that I was genuinely surprised at and it's it shouldn't be thought of you know the game shouldn't be thought of negatively because I didn't go back and finish it. I didn't go back and finish it because I decided to do something else. It wasn't I didn't want to play the game. It was I wanted to play another game, or watch film or something, and just forgot about it. So Horizon Zero Dawn is you you play Aloy, this this young girl who was an outcast to her tribe for no reason that you can tell. Uh, But she takes on a a challenge and becomes a a brave. So there there is a lot. It sounds obvious when I say all brave. There's a lot of native american uh, tones to this game it's all very tribal and it's all worshiping animals and it's not not just native american but like aztec and that's like worshiping animals worshiping the sun all kind of things like that now you live in a post post apocalyptic world so the apocalypse has happened humanity has literally been wiped out and somehow has started again And you now have to figure out why, and maybe stop it from happening again. And in the world trying to stop you are these enormous machines, literally dinosaurs. They're Dinobots that don't have cool Transformery-type lines. But yeah, these these enormous machines that no one knows why they're there, but they are there. And they are, for the most part, hostile. But they are being made more hostile by certain other tribes who are trying to resurrect even bigger, nastier machines. Now, the games have games made by Guerrilla Games. I've spoken about Guerrilla Games a lot on this podcast. They're the guys that make Killzone. So this is their first attempt at a proper open-world game. And every detail they've had to think of, they have thought of. And they've put a lot of effort into it. The, uh, the world that you live in what everybody wears they basically they've invented entire religions and put it into this game and then made the game about mocking said religions it's not a million miles away from our own real lives with real religions and you know people that aren't religious pointing out the illogical things that people do in the name of religion you know it's there's a lot of real world uh, what's the word Nope, What is nope. <laughs> <laughs> Okay then. There's a lot of things in it that are mirrored in our world. There's a lot of... Uh, you can kind of see things that we do as people, or we do as society, being played out in this game, and the stupid things that we do are done to stupid lengths in this game, to kind of exaggerate just how daft it is. But I think the game took me about... I think I hit about 48, 49 hours... The last time I checked, I was forty seven and a half hours in, and that was just before the final mission, which was long ish long ish long ish It wasn't hard, the end was hard uh it wasn't you know two hours long, but it was it was about i think an hour from start to finish. You had to go meet a load of people and then you had to do some other things, and then you had to go kill big boss thing and it was tough. The thing I like about this game, and at the same time I don't quite like about this game, I played the game on normal difficulty, uh, just because I wanted to. There's no difficulty trophies for it, and even if there was, I'm not really trophy hunting anyway. But I wanted to just play it on normal. I didn't want to challenge myself. I wanted to enjoy the game. Or, you know, you can turn it up or down through the game if you want. Play through it on normal, about three quarters of the way through. The difficulty spike is immense like I spent quite a bit of time farming things and crafting weapons and basically by about the halfway point I was cheesing my way through most battles without any problem whatsoever because I'd spent time I'd been investing time in you know, building my character up leveling her up leveling up her abilities and her fighting and all that kind of shit and then as
1: you should obviously
0: as you should and but you don't the thing is you don't always have to like in Assassin's Creed the, the difficulty curve in Assassin's Creed ...doesn't really go anywhere ever. The difficulty curve is a flat line... ...in almost every Assassin's Creed game. So... ...if you want to just bang through the story... ...and you can... ...most Assassin's Creed games, even though they're 30 hour games... ...you can bang through the story in 8-10 to hours... ...if you really try. You could have done the same with Horizon... ...but I don't know how you ever would have got through the end. Ever. Because the last couple of battles you have... ...are absolutely fucking mental. They they're always obviously you have the, the machines get bigger and bigger and bigger as you open up more areas so you start off with little deer looking things and your basic fodder which are they're called watchers and they're just little bipedal things that wander around they're like snakes with two legs and they wander around and they look for you and if they see you they alert all the others and then when they alert others they alert the bigger animals to come and get you basic fodder you can take them out with one shot from very early on in the game sounds awesome they're great Good for leveling up and good for getting bits of metal to go and buy things, uh, but towards the end, or even about halfway through, you start you start meeting bigger animals that are really out to beat the living shit out of you, and you can't always just run in and beat the crap out of them. You have to go at them tactically. You have to drop traps to disable them, or you can use a thing called a rope caster, which literally fires a rope into them and then fires one into the ground. And just stakes it to the floor. And you need to do that five or six times with some animals to keep them still. So you can go in and get a couple of jabs. You know, stuck. But all the animals, they all have weak spots. And you, you kind of look at these animals and you, you use what's called a focus. It's basically... I don't know. What, what other game has something like this? I don't know. It's, be- it's basically a walking journal. So you just it basically puts a film over you and it scans things in front of you. So it scans these animals and it tells you all their weak spots and what they're weak to. So if they've got guns, usually the the guns are weak to something, so you can shoot them off. You know, if if they've got explosive canisters somewhere, it will show you. It will show you what they're weak to, because. It sounds they...
1: like a Fallout and Skyrim because I think they have that kind of, or at least Fallout definitely does.
0: Yeah, a little bit like the VAX type system in Fallout. Yeah. Yeah, it is a little bit like that. Uh. But yeah, so you, you can go in tactically. You can see, like, there's this animal, and it's got two massive, great fucking rocket launchers on its back. I need to remove those before I do anything else. <laughs> because it running at me, I can dodge. It firing a million missiles at me, I might not be able to. So you stake it down, you shoot off these guns, and then you work on taking this thing out again. Uh, but when you get towards the end, so, uh, like, I'll give you a couple of examples. So, yeah, you've got the, the watchers which is little things on snake, these little snakes on legs things. You have uh, like scrappers, which are slightly bigger animals, but literally they pull apart other dead machines and take them up for scrap. Uh, yeah. But then the, one of the biggest ones you'll come across is one called the Deathbringer. Sounds awesome. Which is basically a, a fortified building on legs <laughs> with a million guns on it. And you have to kill four or five of these things in the course of your game. And the first one you meet is easy, because it doesn't move. So you can hide around the corner. But once they, once you get the ones that walk, they are bastards. And when you get towards the end, especially like the final missions, I won't spoil anything, obviously. But when you get towards the final missions, these bigger animals are bastards. And they are bastard hard to beat. And they come at you, it's not just one at a time, it's three, four, five at a time. And you're trying to stake one down so he's not going to attack you so you can take out that smaller one because he'll be quick and then you're running away from that big one over there because he's firing at you from a distance and yeah it's one of those really hectic final missions that I think I think I failed it once and I think if I'd have failed it a second time I may have actually lost my temper. It's one of those kind of really frustrating ones that everything just kind of gets on top of you but overall like i say 40 50 hours of game the story is immense it's absolutely brilliant and i found myself walking around areas picking up data files and reading stuff and picking up uh like listening to all the audio logs that you get and there are quite a few and i'm i'm not a fan of collectibles anymore I'm, I'm not a fan certainly not a fan of audio logs it just seems like crap ways of Providing you story but this time around I was really genuinely interested uh, once the game because Horizon Zero Dawn is an horrendously shit name yes it's a really crap name for a game
1: yeah definitely
0: hmm. just call it Horizon I'd have been happy with Horizon
1: or well, it's just Zero Dawn
0: once I explain to you or once the game explains why it's called that it's so much better and you don't care about the shit name anymore. But it is is—it's quite a, uh, an interesting... It, it's, it's kind of the worst-case scenario. It's kind of predicting the worst-case scenario for the human race. But at the same time, you could see it happening. Probably not in yours or my lifetimes, but you could certainly see it happening. <laughs> It's, it's one of those ones that even though it's kind of super futuristic, proper post-apocalyptic, there is a little bit of realism in there as well. Uh, very sky <laughs> Which is about as spoilery as I'm going to get for talking yeah. about Horizon. But it is very sky netty. But it's I mean, I don't know what to say. I'm, I'm annoyed with myself that it took me this long to finish it. I am so glad that I did. And I genuinely think that if you've got the ability to play this game, you must play the game.
1: So you're saying that it's one of the greatest games you've ever played?
0: Maybe. I would probably want a second playthrough to see if it holds up a second time around. I missed a couple of trophies, or I missed the ability to get a couple of trophies. There's one missable one. Uh, One of those ones where you you have to do all the side quests before you do the point of no return mission. Because if you don't, you can't get this trophy. So if I wanted to, to get the Platinum for it, I'd have to go and start again. Or at least maybe go back to one of my manual saves I made. Uh, I wouldn't mind playing through it again. I can't imagine me playing through it again for a while, because I've got so many other games to play. But I might try and squeeze it in before the DLC comes out, or the expansion comes out, because obviously at E3 we had the expansion announced. I can't remember what it was called.
1: It's called something.
0: It was called something. It was called Horizon Zero Dawn The Expansion Pack. Yep. It was called something. The Frozen Grounds or something. Uh, and I don't know anything about it. I've not looked at it because I, I was scared I was going to have bits of the story spoiled. Uh, so now I can go do a little bit of looking. But it's uh, it's an absolutely brilliant game. Gor- I, know, I was worried that Gorilla would fuck up making an open world game when all the games they've made have been Linear, corridor shooters, yeah, linear corridor shooters, great as they are, and they are great, or most of them are great. I was worried that you know making an open it does look like a guerrilla game. Uh, so if you play like Killzone Shadowfall, or the little like J.J. J. Abrams-style blue lens flare that is everywhere, that's all back, you know. It would it wouldn't take you long if you if you knew Guerrilla Games you'd be able to pick up the game without knowing and go this kind of looks like, Guerrilla's work, it's very very pretty, it's uh, well I'll say very pretty it's fucking gorgeous, it's absolutely gorgeous and from all accounts it looks even better on PlayStation Pro, I would be tempted to buy a PS4 Pro, just to see what this game looks like because on standard vanilla PS4, it looks fucking great, but. Yeah, I would want to give it another play for, if I call it one of the greatest games I've ever played, but it is definitely up there and it will it will probably probably take some beating to stop it from being my game of the year.
1: Okay? Uh do you feel like playing uh, playing it again would not give you a similar kind of experience of what you've played so far?
0: Uh I don't know because the thing with it is as the st- as the story's explained to you Obviously, you know, all games and films and TV shows are all like this. As the story is drip-fed to you, the surprises can only come once. You know, you can't be surprised a second time. But what you can do, and this works with some of my favourite films, like Fight Club, uh, Usual Suspects, anything like that. Once you know how it ends, or once you know how you get to the ending, you may see it differently as you watch or as you play, you may interpret things slightly differently. So there, was, there are certain things in Horizon that when actually, when when the Zero Dawn thing is explained to you, there's a, and there's a lot of exposition, there's an awful lot of information to get across to you in an interesting way, without making you fall asleep. Uh, and to be fair to it, it does a very good job in that as well. But there are certain things that I would now want to go back and see, I would want to know how certain people know certain things because i didn't find them out until i got to a certain point and i would like to know how other people found that out themselves but it's one of those games that i could spend probably a year digging through finding new things to read new you know new uh audio files to listen to some of the weird collectibles as well like all the collectibles are like an old world mug that has a logo on it I'm almost certain one of them is from Killzone. I'm almost certain of that, but I can't be too sure. <laughs> uh, obviously, you're not going to get—you know—it's it, like knowing the end of the Sixth Sense when you start watching it. Time two, you're not going to get the same.
1: You're not going to get the same feeling from <laughs> pl- th- what's from it the second time round. But no. you may notice things earlier on that are ties to the fact that oh, hang on—they've been hinting at this for a while now.
0: Yeah but I I mean I came out of like let's call it the reveal I came out of the reveal with quite a few questions with regards to things I had done in the previous 40 hours and conversations I had had and things other people had said in the previous 40 hours so I do think that on a second playthrough I do think I personally will be digging out will be getting more from it uh, on playthrough number 2 Other people, I couldn't tell you. It's a bit like when I play through Dishonored for the second time. You go, oh, this this is new and interesting, and I didn't know this when I got to this point before. And suddenly other things start to make sense. And I do think there is a a level of quality and a level of attention to detail in Horizon Zero Dawn that would make it so that that would be the experience I had on playthrough number two.
1: Um,
0: I've talked a lot about Horizon.
1: Yeah, I'm quite proud of you.
0: I wanted to write notes, but I only finished it at three o'clock this afternoon, and then I had to do dad things.
1: Yeah, dad things. <laughs> so then you really... say you weren't deserving of Father's Day. Oh, don't. I just, you had to I... sacrifice note making for dad things.
0: Exactly. It's not a sacrifice. It's I get the game because I'm on holiday. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, you know if you haven't traded your PS4 in, I would highly recommend you renting Horizon Zero Dawn. Sadly. I can't lend you my copy because I bought the fucking digital one. Nice. But again, it's one of those ones that if I didn't buy it digitally... You wouldn't get the
1: 4K experience. Well, it's not just that. the HDR experience.
0: If I didn't buy it digitally, I would probably have rented it. And if I rent it, Gorilla don't get my money.
1: That, and you probably would have sent it back long before you finished it.
0: Yeah. I'm quite happy to... Most of the games I buy that I know I'm going to play, I buy on digital. Because we are at a point now where all the companies, when we're talking Xbox, we're talking... I mean, PC doesn't count, but we're talking Xbox and PlayStation. As their consoles move on, it's going to be mandatory that they have backwards compatibility in their machines. Because if they don't, no one will buy their machines anymore. So, I'm quite happy to have Horizon Zero Dawn just sit in my digital library, and five years time when the PlayStation... 5 Pro X is out. I can re download it and play it again just as good as I did on the current four that I have. Yes, yeah, so what about you, mate? What have you been playing?
1: So, I've been playing, um going to go with two games, but only because I'm not going to go too in depth with either. Well, that's right, really. well, I've got
0: another one to talk about very briefly afterwards. <laughs>
1: So I'm going to start with a game we've mentioned before on the podcast, that game being Life is Strange. Yes. I, I, that was the game I've been playing throughout the entirety of the E3 weekend and then a bit more since then, including doing the, I was trying to do an episode a day, but as the game progressed, it got a bit more and more difficult to do an episode a day and not finish the game in that day.
0: Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> it's it's so, one of those weird ones though, isn't it? Because it's like uh, like Telltale Games, an episode is an hour and a half to two hours max, and that's it, done and dusted. Yeah. But life is strange. Right? A couple of those episodes, when I was walking around doing stuff, especially like chasing trophies and things, a couple of them took like three hours.
1: Yeah. So episode one obviously is very teen drama. Yeah. Didn't really <laughs> didn't really pull me into it at all. I was like wow, this game really should pick up very quickly at some point because wandering around with this casual time you know, replayability and some of the choices that you get given that kind of you just look at it and go you know what, this is going to make almost no difference whichever way I go so you go through the conversation you go, huh, well here's the little butterfly thing meaning I can replay a conversation so I'll replay the conversation, do it the other way and it's like, well, that outcome is not even anywhere better that or worse in any way it's literally just a moo
0: yeah
1: but um some of the the minor conversations that you have in the game like when you're talking with taylor and she mentions that her mum's in hospital so then you rewind the conversation and you you lead with that and then from that it becomes a you know now you're friends with this girl or rather she doesn't hate you you know and want to you know film you having sex or something and yeah. share it on youtube <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah um
1: so i some of the, the the later episodes where you get the the big story change that you can make um that one kind of hit me quite hard yeah. the whole yeah the whole like full on time travel and then coming back and seeing what the present day is like with the with that difference mm. and, and how different the world is at that point that was that was fucking brutal
0: there there were a couple of points I found in Life is Strange uh, I realised I talked a lot previously so I'll be very quick I won't interrupt you too much but the end of the first episode didn't really hit me at all, and if it wasn't for the fact that I'd already bought the season pass, I probably wouldn't have carried on. But the end of episode 2, and the end of episode 3, both of them are proper fucking gut punches. Proper gut punches, for very different reasons. But both of them absolutely slayed me. And I should have seen them coming, because they are very, the whole game is very, very Lynchian in its execution. Yeah. So I definitely should have seen it coming, but didn't. And the the end of... It was one of the few games at the end of episode 3, I put my controller down and I just sat. And I was like, I don't know what to do now. I genuinely, I was fucking distraught. <laughs>
1: it's like, what the fuck have I done with, with this game? How How is this possibly even an option? Please, Why? holy
0: god, let me undo this somehow. So where
1: is the undo button?
0: Yeah.
1: And then so episode four was fucking again just more absolute gut punching um just over and over it was like you're you're on the floor crying like a small mess and they just keep hitting you while you're down there yeah right until the ending of episode four and and the way that five carries on from that it's i actually kind of i I don't feel like i could play this game again no i don't I, i i straight up think that if I was to play this game again I wouldn't be able to make the choices that I made again I think knowing the outcome to these choices I would make very conscious decisions to make different choices to what I did for most of the ones that I made Yeah. which kind of makes me feel like either A I'm in the wrong but after looking at the way that I aligned myself with most of the people around the world most people were wrong in these situations with the information you're given at the time You make the right choice. Yeah. But almost every single time you make the right choice it turns out to be the wrong choice in some way.
0: Yeah. It's I think one of those the only time where you making the right choice turns out to be you making the right choice is at the end of episode two. And it's when you're up on that roof when you when you get off of it you you're left going, Oh fucking hell, I'm if you obviously if you succeeded in getting off the roof in one piece yeah. you know you came out again breathless and thank fuck I managed to do that because I don't want to do that again but you're right, every other choice and even with the rewind capability and this is what I think is the genius with Life is Strange, and even with the ability to rewind and change your choices because you think in the short term it's going to be okay in the long term, it in fact is there to ass rape you.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, so I mean, I made so many choices in the long t- in in the long term aspect. I just didn't think of it, and in the short term, I was like, you know what, the character I'm playing really cares about her friends and her surroundings. It's just the way that it is. So every single option I was given, where it was protect friend or be selfish, I was. I need to jump on protect friend, in in that way. And that bit me in the ass really badly in episode two yeah. at the very end. So it's literally just going, oh fuck, I'm in a situation where it doesn't matter what I choose, someone is going to come out of here and just say, yeah, we don't believe you because you're just some bitch who's just decided to be a druggie and, you know, yeah not try and get anything in trouble or shit. When clearly you should have been looking after yourself. Yeah. But. In that, in the situations at the time, in the short term, I'm glad I didn't take the picture and I intervened between David and Kate, yep. because that absolutely helped me later on in that episode. And I think taking the picture would have been detrimental. And I, but at the same time, I don't think any other option where you can choose someone else over Kate was was the better option, even. No. Even playing through it, I'm tr- I can't think of another time when you get the option to be nice to Kate or pick the other option, where the other option is even in the short term the better option. Let alone the long term.
0: <laughs> no, no, it is a real, uh, it's a real mindfuck of a game.
1: I know the the weird the the fact that when you do something and then travel back in time, you know, for very special circumstances like. Uh, when you're on the train lines and you're trying to sort that out Yeah. the fact that if you're carrying something that you've picked up, if you go back in time you're still carrying it Yeah. that threw me so many times because I just kept thinking oh I've gone back in time but hang on I still haven't done this part so I need to go do that and I very nearly fucked up the very opening and the first time when it explains to you once you've picked something up you then don't need to worry about picking it up again yeah so it's like the first time in episode one when you do that and you pick the hammer up. I was like, rolled back in time, and I still went to pick the hammer up again. <laughs> and I was like, ah, where's the hammer? Fuck, what's going on? <laughs> and then I noticed it was in my inventory in the top right hand corner, and yeah. I only just hit the alarm in time before I to fucking rewind again.
0: Outstanding. So did you enjoy it then?
1: Yes. However, watching the Life is Strange Before the Storm trailer... Kind of ruined the that opening scene because I it was quite obvious who the chick was in the bathroom, having seen
0: that trailer. Yeah, that's it's unfortunate that you saw that trailer before playing the game.
1: Yeah, it that kind that kind of ruined that bit for me. But other than that, I don't know, just that it, that didn't really have much effect on the rest of the game having that bit spoiled.
0: But what do you think? To would you pick up before the storm?
1: Um. Absolutely, because I think I don't quite know because the the main mechanic to life is strange is the ability to replay your choices or just in general being able to rewind and essentially teleport yeah. from the fact that you' you're somewhere else, and it gives you you know it takes away the whole the what is the telltale style you know you only have a certain amount of time to make a choice, because yeah. you can sit there with press x for. Uh, conversation point A or press B for conversation point B and you just sitting there there you can sit there staring at it and pondering what it is that you're making the choice for for yeah. an infinite amount of time like the very last choice I was literally sitting in my chair thinking oh fuck what yeah. do I do at this point yeah. what is what is the better option
0: and I think that's the point it clearly is done deliberately because you know it's, it's a video game it's been developed yeah. like that but I'm pretty sure it's done deliberately. So the thing with a telltale game is, there's nothing really changes depending on what you do. Certainly not anymore. So you having that time limit just moves the game on. It stops you from breaking pace. But you, the thing with Life is Strange is you need to be able to ponder what it is you're about to do. Yeah. You you know you need to be able to look at it and go, I don't know what happens if I say yes or no or fuck off or whatever.
1: Yeah, I suppose the only difference is that when you get those actual choices in yeah. a Telltale game, is that they give you—they uh, do give you the infinite amount of time—but they also kind of proper throw it at you as if to say, pick one, A or B, and not. This is just part of the conversation where you select A or B.
0: Yeah.
1: Or, in certain cases, C. Or, but, yeah, that final choice
0: is just—I just did it mess you I, up.
1: It, it didn't because I kind of just used... I used the information I had I'd picked up along the entirety of the game yeah. and actually the, the final episode and seeing the outcome before going back in time and making the choice, yeah. the obvious. It, it kind of made the final choice that much more obvious on which one that you need to pick because just looking at it and I was just thinking, yeah, the, the the person that I... Believe Max to be is that yeah the the choice that I made was the right one and I th- I think when I looked through it I think I was aligned with about sixty one percent and I was chatting to uh, my friend Danny who'd been trying to get me to play this for God knows how long and he made the other choice and was constant and he we ended up having a ridiculous conversation about the whole the aspect of. Of what the choice is that you're making, and I just threw up one very obvious scenario, which was actually uh, the Last of Us, yeah. In the, the the ending to the Last of Us, in what Joel chooses for himself, that you kind of have to go through with the Fireflies, yeah. Because that's the reason to why I made the choice that I did was because in that situation, I think I would choose Fair the same, enough. the same situation because. It, it it doesn't matter you you've seen the what's going on around it's really difficult to mention this without any fucking spoilers
0: yeah and it, i think it's one of those games as well because you know you hadn't played it until this week it's one of those games that's still getting really good word of mouth and there's still a lot of people that haven't played it i'm really i'm i'm conscious of the fact that it's so easy to spoil yeah. and it would genuinely spoil it as well
1: <laughs> yeah and yeah throwing into the, the the last of Us stuff yeah in joel's situation i made i would have made that exact same choice that he did and i, I because it's proven in the fa- in life is strange and i made the exact same choice essentially yeah which i think was the correct choice and from that if you haven't played life is strange what the fuck are you doing listening to us go buy it and play it
0: and how long have i been saying that to you
1: too long my friend and <laughs> you know what I'm really glad E3 happened because it was probably the only reason why I decided to play it because I had all that spare time just to sit and play it. Yeah. It's like any episodic game. I just need time to throw into it because although it's episodic and it's like an hour to three hours max for an episode, you still need to think of it as a a, a 15 to 20-hour game.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. A a 15 to 20-hour game to complete. I don't know if I have 15 to 20 hours if spare time.
0: Yeah. No, once the whole game's out, it is a proper time commitment. You know, when, while it's coming out episodically, I was thinking about this today actually, because obviously last week, uh, episode two of Telltale's Guardians of the Galaxy came out. Yeah. And we were so busy doing E3 stuff, and I was when I wasn't doing E3 stuff, I was trying to sleep. I haven't played it yet, and I'm like, I need to hurry up and get it played. Otherwise, next thing I know, episode three is going to be out. And now, I'm in, now I now need to find four to five hours to carve out to play. <laughs> which I won't be able to do. Yeah. Because, you know, I've got a couple of weeks off work, but I'm back at work in a couple of weeks and I definitely will not have time to, like I did yesterday and today, load an extra 15 hours into a game that I needed to finish. <laughs> you know, it's, it's... You need to... With episodic games, you need to stay on top of it if you play them when they first come out. Otherwise, yeah. when you get to the end, like you say, it's a 15-hour game.
1: Yeah, I really wanted to play an episodic game where the episodes were coming out, and I was kind of hyped for Guardians of the Galaxy. But after playing the trial for Episode One, yeah. I just, I just, it's just, meh. It's okay. exactly what you think. I just, I'm probably won't play it unless, unless the full game comes out and episodes, you know, two, three, four, and five, or is it five or is it six?
0: I think it's five.
1: If 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 it comes out and all five episodes I actually end up getting. You know, pretty decent reviews out of it. I might play it as a whole, but, but at the moment, I probably won't play Guardians of the Galaxy, which is a shame because I quite like the characters.
0: Yeah, yeah. Although I,
1: I prefer the actual Guardians of the Galaxy and not the ones that we've been given by the Marvel Cinematic Universe.
0: See, I think that the, I mean I don't know how much the actual characters change, but they do look very comic booky in the yeah. Telltale game. They do, they're not; it's got nothing to do with the film at all, they don't look like yeah. the film characters, they don't sound like the film characters, nothing. So, it and it was, it did take me a little while to figure out that disconnect, so I'm hoping that that change, that my brain not being able to deal with it, is actually the big issue I had with that episode one, and episode two I can just crack on and enjoy it, but I'm not holding my breath. <laughs> But anyway, life Life is Strange. You liked Life is Strange, yeah?
1: I loved Life is Strange. I really wish I could wipe my brain and play it again, because I know for a fact that if I do play it again, it will be a very different experience. And I don't. I I'd like to try and find out how many throws there are to the the way that the game pans out and the and the twist. Yeah. I'd like to. I'd like because when you find the twist and you know you do the whole I'm going to go back in time and. And make changes to the past so that the twist isn't, it doesn't happen, and you know all that stuff. That all those changes that go on. Yeah. The whole, you know, and you go back into the first scene again. Yeah. And it's and you actually listen to the conversations that are going on, and you're just like, oh, yep, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> I kind of want to. F- I kind of want to play it again just to, yeah. just to see if I, c- I notice these things from the get-go. Yeah. But I probably won't
0: no I don't think I think as great as the game is and I do genuinely think it's a great game I don't think it's got any replayability to it at all no apart
1: apart from walking around and trying to find those fucking photo opportunities because they were right but some of them are fucking awful
0: I don't know I ended up using a guide for them (laughs) because the problem was the first two episodes I did them all and after that I didn't want to bother anymore I just wanted to get on with the story but I was like my OCD wouldn't let me my OCD sat there and told me I had to go get them all because trophies and don't 100% two episodes and then not another three. But
1: <laughs> I thought it was fucking brilliant. It's like the first photo opportunity I find, right, was number three of episode one. <laughs> so I was like, because it comes up, so you found op- uh, optional photo number three. I was like, well, hang on a sec. I didn't even get, didn't even know that these were a thing to start with. I just happened to see that you could press the X to take a photo at this point. Yeah. Where the fuck were the other two? And look at the fucking manual. and It's like, oh, these pictures, they, they really don't show me fucking anything.
0: No, and some of them were fucking mental as well. Like, there was like a squirrel one in the first or second episode. That <laughs> was uh, yeah. just a complete ball ache to actually make it happen. I thought, like, what the fuck am I doing this?
1: <laughs> uh, the the fucking one that was just—it's a the whale's tail. Yeah. That's all you get for the uh, for the picture, and it's like well, hang on a sec, this is a bit silly. And then you get to that point where you get that photo opportunity. You're like, well, where? Ha- ha- what? And you're just looking up and down the beach, and you're like, seriously, which which one am I taking a picture?
0: <laughs> but yeah, it's, a, it's a great game, actually. I'm glad you finally played it.
1: Yes. So what's your brief
0: mention of another
1: game, unless it was Guardians of the Galaxy?
0: No, it wasn't Guardians of the Galaxy. I started playing this afternoon, so I've, I'm only... Two hours in so I'll talk about it more probably next episode, but I finally uh installed and started playing the full clip edition of Bulletstorm. Ooh. Dude. This game is so fucking stupid. But are I you Duke, I are you so
1: Duke Nukem, yet?
0: No. Oh. well no, this is what was this one of the things I want to talk about. Duke Nukem, gearbox are cunts and Yes we've known this for a long time that Gearbox and especially that twat bag up at the top, Randy Pitchford are cunts yes Duke Nukem was available for free if you pre-ordered the full clip edition Okay. otherwise he is a £5 DLC purchase
1: wait, what?
0: yep, I am not paying extra money to play as a character that is not supposed to be in that game fuck you Gearbox and fuck Randy Pitchford and fuck Duke Nukem while I think about it
1: (laughs) what's, wait, so the what is the full clip edition is it just the the remaster okay, I was thinking so, it's a remaster of a game where you don't get you get the full content of the game but you don't get all of the oh yeah, we're going to go and give you this extra thing unless you buy it before it's launched
0: well I get the feeling the extra thing because it's actually this game's been published by Gearbox whereas previously it had been published by EA yeah but EA didn't make it it was made by People Can Fly the guys who made Painkiller and more I mean they're they're not you know, a lot of people know them for Painkiller probably more people know them for being the guys that make the multiplayer component for Gears of War yeah they're excellent developers. I think they've done a really good job with this. But it was, it was people can fly in Epic, I believe, made uh, Bulletstorm. <clears throat> Excuse me, and EA published it. I don't know how it ended up in Gearbox's hands. I
1: think it was just the the remaster was in Gearbox's hands. So they literally just got hold of um, the 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 license to it because yeah. Gearbox don't tend to publish. They 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 are a development studio. They usually no, work this alongside.
0: Is a, this is why I think. They've done this, they've gotten their hands on this and they've put Duke Nukem in to sell more games or to hope to sell more units, because this is the first of their games that they're actually publishing. Yeah. This is the first game to come out from Gearbox Publishing. So, I mean, I don't know what their deal is with people like Take-Two and 2K. I would assume that when Borderlands 3 finally comes out that comes out via Take-Two I'm pretty sure Take-Two will have a stake in that game. If they don't, they're fucking stupid, because it makes them mint every time they release one.
1: I'm trying to think what the pre-sequel was, because that wasn't actually made by Gearbox. That was made by uh, an Australian company, as far as I'm aware, that weren't Gearbox. Okay. So, I think that the Borderlands IP belongs to 2K, or Take-Two rather.
0: Yeah. But I assume that a little way down the line, if we get, you know, another Duke Nukem game, or... If someone is nice enough to decide that we need to get a Bulletstorm 2, which is something that I think should definitely happen, uh, I bet they come out via Gearbox Publishing. But yeah, but, but Bulletstorm 2, or Bulletstorm, sorry, the full clip edition, just as much stupid fun as I remember. You know, nothing taxing, nothing difficult, just point and shoot at things and shoot things in the dick and fire hot dogs at things and complete dumbassness that will sit in my disc tray for a little while and when I need a break from sneaking around in whatever game I decide to finish next, I just whack on Bulletstorm and, you know, kick the shit out of things for a little while.
1: Uh, 2K Australia, sorry, I, I was looking at the pre-sequel and who made it, it was 2K Australia.
0: Okay, I, that doesn't surprise me too, because 2K have got studios all over the world. Yeah. So. But yes, I mean it doesn't surprise me. In the two K and Take Two will have Borderlands. Apparently, yeah. there's a,
1: a film in the works for Borderlands. And um, sorry, just yeah, You made by Lionsgate.
0: Yeah, uh, Pitchford mentioned something about it in an E3 interview with Jeff Keighley. He also said, "I can't announce the Duke Nukem film, but we're talking to people about making a Duke Nukem film, and these are the people that you'd want making a Duke Nukem film." I fucking hate that guy so much.
1: <laughs> I don't want to talk. We can't talk about a Duke Nukem film. But here's everything I want to talk about a Duke Nukem film.
0: Literally, the dude went. I can't. I can't announce a Duke Nukem film, but we are making it. That's an announcement, you massive ball bag. What the? F- oh, I, that dude is such a cunt. I hate him.
1: You're the right amount of angry for this moment. I
0: just think he's a fucking imbecile. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And people complained when I called you everyone's favourite angry bloke two, week, two episodes ago.
0: Well, Randy Pitchford does make me angry. <laughs> and he has done every, pretty much every time he's opened his mouth since A, Aliens, Colonial Marines, and B, Duke Nukem Forever.
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, that's me, that's my second game done. Just I wanted to mention that I'd played Bulletstorm for a bit, and actually it was still very good, and it's... It's floating around most places for like 20-25 quid, so for 25 quid it's worth picking up.
1: Maybe when it reaches Assassin's Creed Unity levels of cheap, I'll probably pick it up.
0: Yeah. It's, so that's, I, that's kind
1: of all the amount of money I want to give to Gearbox.
0: Yeah, it is a shame, which is pretty much why I rented it. Uh, and I know it completely goes against what I said about Horizon earlier, so that I want uh, Guerrilla and Sony to have my money because I want more Horizon and I want more Killzone. I want more Bulletstorm but I'm not giving Gearbox any of my fucking money. Mm,
1: seems weird that and I'm guessing that means that EA just didn't want to pick up the license and Gearbox decided you know what, fuck it.
0: It might just be that EA had done publishing games that they didn't create.
1: Maybe. Well they do they are kind of doing the whole everything has to be Frostbite.
0: Yep. Yeah. Well they do they're, they're, everything they're publishing is from their their in-house studios now, aren't they? So Ye true so uh, maybe they're just they're not <clears throat> excuse me maybe they're just not publishing from third parties anymore maybe, maybe. I mean Bulletstorm was, was probably a good example of it but there's no money in it
1: no you're right there isn't <laughs> you know as, as, a, as, other... as a publisher you've and with in-house development you've got control over the the entire process of how it's what's going to happen with it and how long it's going to take a third party one you're literally just waiting for someone to go it's ready and yeah. then you know going cool is X money
0: Yep. so yeah it's probably more hassle than it's worth for EA but like I say I hope we get a bullet storm too because so far from what I've played this remaster is it looks lovely it's just as good as the first and I do remember the first being a blinding game but here's hoping they can do it with somebody else's money other than mine (laughs) yeah what was your other game then mate
1: so, my second game, which I'm very briefly going to talk about, is actually the most recent expansion for Grand Theft Auto V's online, which is the Gun Running
0: update. I've seen this. This has appeared, I think it probably has promoted tweets, but it's appeared on my Twitter feed a lot. Yes. Recently. It's
1: actually quite rad. It's for rad? The lack, for lack of a better word to use, it's rad. Ninja Turtle? Yes. I... <laughs> you are basically continuing on the whole, you know, this is how you the newest way to make money and therefore the best way to make money. So to start with, the best way to make money was heists because that was the easiest way to make 250k was a couple of hours doing the final heist. There you go, free money. Okay. And then it moved on to the VIP and uh, just like play in the actual game itself. So rather than, you know, setting off missions in the heists, you did VIP so you did actual in-world stuff yeah and then they introduced the CEOs which was um, moving uh, import export stuff so you know you you go around you steal some stuff you put it in a warehouse you fill your warehouse up and then you then try and find you then empty your warehouse by delivering all the goods to someone to then give you a load of money and because it was in the real world there were the other players who were there trying to stop you okay however most lobbies you can do it and no one will try and stop you because the amount of money you make for stopping someone just isn't worth the hassle of doing it especially if you've just stopped someone from from delivering their goods they then make it their life mission to then fuck you over two ways to sunday yeah i I don't even know if that's the right expression (laughs) i just threw a load of words together and i'm pretty sure that's right it works yeah so then from that you moved on to the motorcycle clubs which was essentially the same thing except you did drugs rather than you know TVs and you know, cash and stuff like that yeah and cars um, <laughs> but it was drugs and something else but I didn't bother with the motorcycle club it just didn't appeal to me at all okay. and then they brought out uh, Import-export, which was more of the CEO stuff, but instead of build, filling up warehouses, you filled up a garage with cars.
0: Okay.
1: So you'd go around, you'd steal a car, you'd deliver it to your warehouse, and then you'd just leave it there until you had four people in your, as, as yourself and associates, a total of four, and then you could go sell four cars, and you'd make a nice, tidy profit, which became the quickest way of making money. You go out, you, you say, I want to find a car, you leave your building, your assistant calls you, says this is the car you're after, you see the car that it is, you see that it's not the, uh, the super awesome high tier and you go, cancel mission, start again. Until eventually you've got the high tier one. Then you get your four high tier cars, you do the expensive uh, delivery, you get your four people to, around to do it, deliver four cars all at once and you make yourself a nice tidy couple of hundred k. Nice. Doesn't take very long at all to make money in that game anymore. If, you, if you're if that desperate to earn yourself a couple of million, you just do a couple of things. Instead of being, you spend six hours, you do the final heist, you get 250k, it's now an hour and a half, you've made 300 grand. Bloody hell. Which moves me on to gun running, which is the yeah. most recent one, which is now the easiest way of making money, because in order to make money, you just wait. Okay. You literally, you buy your bunker for somewhere between 1.165 million to 2.45 million you pick one on the map and that's your bunker depending on where it is it tends to be more expensive so i've gone for the cheapest one which is the one that's at the top top of the map furthest away from any possible thing you could possibly want so naturally when i do the uh steal more supplies i then need to drive for god knows how many minutes miles into the sunset yeah. to find the supply that i'm trying to steal steal the supply and then drive it all the way back to my bunker <laughs> because this is the newest game mode people have started playing it and therefore people see the red icon on the map and go "Ooh, i need to go blow that up yeah but not only that with this update you actually get anytime you go to steal supplies you get people chase you from the ai okay and there's been some kind of update because one of the supply steals that i did was to blow up a couple of helicopters and then use uh an aqua uh pickup truck so it's a pickup truck with a couple of barrels on the back and an, and an outboard motor and an aa cannon in, okay. the, in, in the in the back so you're driving <laughs> along you've got someone in the back on the aa gun you're driving on land you shoot a couple of helicopters down they land in the water you drive into the water pick up the supplies and drive away easy no because they've updated the ai so now when they come along with the buzzards attack helicopters they actually use the main guns instead of just having people hang out the side and shoot at you with pistols or machine guns or something yeah so a buzzard attack chopper which is essentially a little bird with mini guns and rockets it's actually quite difficult to get away which is why you need the guy on the back with the aa gun who's now completely exposed to someone shooting at them with mini guns from a little bird <laughs> yeah okay but you steal supplies you deliver them to your bunker your supplies sit on a bar and then you just sit there and you watch the bar this this slowly go down but while that bar is going down either one of the other two which is or both of research or stock go up Right. They don't go up at the same speed as which the supplies one goes down. So I think you need to have, I think, three full bars worth of supplies in order to fill one bar of stock. But in if you have your uh, fully upgraded, you know, people doing the stock, you only need to wait about 20 minutes to get 20k. Okay. But that's 20k of the cheap method of selling your goods. Yeah. There's a more expensive one. Okay Every time you do it there is the the cheap option which is the the one that you advertise that and then there's the other one which is to go to the other area the area that is further away than the near than the near one and that gives you a nice tidy extra percentage I don't know what it is yet so far I've only ever sold um, 20k at once because I got bored of waiting. The only thing that the only problem with it so far is that you need to be playing the game and i believe you need to be in free roam in order for the for it to be ticking over. Okay. I haven't really tested it yet and i haven't had a big long session which i probably will uh, on a weekend when i've got some friends to play with and we do some stuff. Yeah. To actually find out how much money you can make at any at any particular given moment considering you put zero effort in whatsoever to get money out of it. <laughs> it's literally just a time wasting game so you could just drive around in the new available option which is a 2.1 million pound purchase for the yeah. base model of a mobile command center which is an armored truck with an armored trailer yeah on this armored trailer it comes as standard with a front-facing 50 cal cannon Fucking hell. and then as an optional upgrade for under research if you find it two rear-facing 50 cal cannons
0: Jesus Christ.
1: So you can be driving this truck and then have three people in the trailer, one facing forwards with the cannon and two facing backwards with cannons. And you can just drive around in an armoured truck that can travel at God knows what speed. And because it's fully armoured, can take about nine to ten rockets from other players. So while other players are trying to shoot you with various other things your allies in your back of your trailer are just annihilating everything and you're just driving around like without care in the world. And you said GTA wasn't fun earlier.
0: <laughs> I did G- try to get into the GTA online as well. Uh I think it must have been the first time I played it because you have to get to a, a certain point before it lets you do the online, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh and I tried and I just found myself appearing in the world and then getting run over a lot yeah uh, G- i didn't find that funny in the slightest <laughs>
1: <laughs> gta 5 single player is pretty fucking boring you spend all this time and everyone does they spend ages going oh yeah but you know the heists are great Well, the heists are great but there's like three of them and they're completely fucking useless to the rest of the game and you spend ages trying to work to it and it's fucking awful yeah. So then you just, you try out GTA Online, which probably when you played it, it was full of the That's... douchebags and the twats and the cunts that just go around and run everyone over, or if they they bought one of the shark cards, the microtransactions and they bought themselves a tank, which at the ta- at the start cost like two and a half million to buy it. Yeah. So then they just phone Pegasus to get their tank, and they just drive their tank around the map and just shoot everyone as they go near them. It's not. I can't say it's not like that anymore, but <laughs> it's very rare that you come across a dude who's just driving around to be a dick to everyone. Because if someone's every so often, you'll get one person flying around in a Hydra, which is the uh, the the VTOL Harrier. Okay. With um, the minigun on the front, fires explosive rounds, and it's got you know re- relatively rapid firing rockets. But you'll get every so often you get the dick flying around in one of those. But when you do. The rest of the lobby just goes fuck this guy and they all pull out the homing launcher. <laughs> but with Gun Runnings update, one of the available things is an APC that has an optional upgrade for um rockets instead of a cannon. Yeah. So you can just sit there firing rockets into the sky and eventually one of them will probably hit him as he flies over. But beyond that, there's an AA turret trailer. So you're driving you can drive along with a truck and there's a goddamn AA turret on the back of it someone else can be manning so you can be driving along this dude's flying around with a Harrier and you've got an AA cannon just fucking blowing him out of the sky they've designed this one to be the anti-douche brigade well that's good so all in all I've found gun running to be quite entertaining
0: that's good
1: and I'm saying it's quite entertaining despite the fact that I've not yet had an actual proper session with my friends to play it I've been doing most of this on my own
0: That I mean, that is impressive. Because again, you know, we said that. Well, I've said this a dozen times, haven't I? I don't don't like. It's not that I don't like playing online with people, and it's not that I don't like playing online with my mates. But it's just, most of my mates are my age, and we have wives and husbands and kids and dogs and jobs and things. And organising my friends to all be online at the same time is, it's just, it's another job. It's an absolute ball ache. I'm not doing yeah. that.
1: It is a, a job trying to organise people to play, but luckily a lot of my friends are jobless swine. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> or at the very least, they don't work on a weekend and they don't have wives and kids and yeah. dogs and that I know of. One of them has a kid. <laughs> One of them has a dog. Different person. None of them are married. So I guess that's the advantage. <laughs>
0: To be fair, my other half doesn't mind me gaming, and she lets yeah, you know, she lets me game. H0. And she encourages
1: right. you sometimes. Yeah, just just to get you away from her for a bit. Yeah, that's it. Because she's like, "You Brooks, you're annoying me. Go go play your Xbox or it's,
0: something." It's too hot. Get off me. Go play your games. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, so yeah, if if GTA can actually make the online portion of GTA Online fun for single player people or people playing on their own, at least. That's a feat unto itself. I'm impressed.
1: Yeah. So, I guess that's us done. So it's just down to our recommendations. Mr. Brooker, what are we recommending today?
0: I have two recommendations today.
1: You're allowed one recommendation. No, I'm having two. Assuming your second one isn't my first one, or at least your first one isn't my only
0: recommendation. Well, my first one is a game you've played Life is Strange is currently on PlayStation Plus for free for the month of June, so you don't have an awful lot of time to go get it, because obviously June ends next Friday, but time to crack on. If you haven't played it yet, if you have PlayStation Plus, Life is Strange is on PlayStation Plus. Uh, My other recommendation is an interesting one, and it's based on, apparently, because uh, IO Interactive have bought themselves out completely from Square Enix, and are now giving you the first part of Hitman for free.
1: Really? That's what you're saying. That's my entire recommendation: was the <laughs> fact that you can you can play the first two missions essentially for free. Sorry, it's not the whole episode. No, it's... it's the ICA training area. Yeah. Sorry, you... that's all right. You
0: recommend it, mate. I'll cut my belt. It's fine.
1: <laughs> so, my recommendation is the fact that. Well, IO have uh, bought themselves out from Square, so they've now allowed people into the Hitman ICA training area for free. So it's basically the opening two missions, a little bit of free roaming around-ish, like, and just in general asking about any Hitman game. But it's just a way of enticing you into, you know what, episodic Hitman, great idea, come play it for you and see it for yourself. You'll fall in love with the game.
0: It's a decent uh, freebie they've given out as well. yeah, like because uh, I was reading about it this morning, I was saying so obviously you get the, the two story missions so the two the ICA, the training mission, or sorry the training and the training mission, but all the escalation contracts, all the challenges, you can from the free bit you can get seventeen trophies and any contracts that other people have created in the ICA area you have the ability to play so you can get a really really good taste of if you you know of the new hitman new hitman it's not that new anymore
1: <laughs> new old
0: hitman the latest hitman you can get a good taste of the latest hitman and to be fair to to io they they've done a bang up job as well cuz they've given this away for free and it is going i think it's on sale on xbox at the moment And the rumor is that it will be hitting sales on Steam and PlayStation probably by the end of the week. So, yeah, play it, and if you like it, go and buy it. Because it's, I think it's like 20 quid on Xbox for the full season one at the moment. That is not a bad deal.
1: No, no, it's not.
0: I paid literally twice that amount for it, and I thought I, you know, I thought I got a bargain.
1: So, that's us done. Yep. So, it just leaves us with. uh... Where can people find you, Mister Brooker, when you're not here? Uh,
0: when I'm not here, I am on Twitter. I am at brooker411 on Twitter. I write and podcast with Failed Critics, and occasionally podcast for the Xcast, which I'm only mentioning because Mister Black is the man who runs the Xcast. Is putting together a massive project where. He's going to be going through, or him and his team, including me, are going to be going through every single episode of The X-Files between now and when the new season starts, the beginning of next year. So there's this monumental effort to get a fuckload of podcasts recorded between now and probably September. Uh, But yeah, you can find me on occasion over there as well.
1: So, uh, I am John on Twitter, as the John underscore CU, and on Xbox Live as Long Dong Silver. I may actually do a mix at some point this weekend, because I'm apparently being forced to play Destiny, I've been told. Okay. (laughs) So I might might record me playing that, along with some of the others you may have heard on this podcast before, namely Lee.
0: Do we not have Twitch on Xbox anymore?
1: I... I think it's available, but I'm pretty sure they're just trying to force Mixer down everyone's throat. Uh, I've, speaking I've of...
0: Twitch Prime and everything, so I don't get shitty adverts and stuff.
1: <laughs> but the Mixer has an option for co-streaming. Okay. Which I think means that you and someone else can stream at the same time the same content for people to watch off of one channel.
0: That's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, but I haven't tried it to find out. But you need to be in a party on Xbox Live to do it, so
0: okay. I don't know. Anyway, maybe something to dick around with at some point and have a look at
1: yes maybe we should
0: cool uh, uh, before we wrap up just really quickly okay uh, I just want a, a quick shout out to Owen the guy that runs Foul Critics and Foul Critics for letting us take over their feed for the entire weekend last weekend we spammed their feed so badly with our E3 bullshit that actually their episode wasn't showing up for some subscribers So (laughs) we broke the failed critics feed for a little while so yeah a big shout out and a massive thanks to Owen for letting us do that and anybody that talked to us over the E3 or uh, week anybody that listened to our podcasts over the E3 week it was a fucking monumental effort to get that done but it was awesome and I'm not doing it again
1: I'm looking forward to next year when we do it again (laughs) (laughs) Because for some reason we don't know how to say no to ourselves.
0: No, no. But the the advantage is what you don't get then is you don't get a massive post E three episode which would go on for three or four hours and I haven't got the energy for that either.
1: <laughs> well, it'd be just like the Call of Duty cast that we did that took two episodes because fuck me, why were we talking for so goddamn long?
0: We were talking for almost five hours about Call of Duty. I don't know how we pulled that off.
1: I, my voice was hoarse.
0: Yeah. I was just a horse.
1: I'm on a horse.
0: Yes. <laughs> Wearing old <spikes. laughs> Exactly. Look at my horse. My horse is amazing. Give it a lick. It just like I Have a stroke of its mane. It turns into a plane, and then it turns back again. When you dug on its wing, care. Do your things. So? Oh, well, I better not show you. Okay, right, so I think that's us done then, mate. Oh, yeah. uh, obviously, find us uh, on Twitter, on Facebook, and on Instagram, at Character Unlock.
1: Yay, Character Unlock stuffs.
0: Cool. I think we're all done then, mate.
1: We are indeed. Bye.
0: Character Unlock was presented by Andrew Brooker and John Miller with music provided with permission from Miracle of Sound from the track A Dog's Life. Character Unlock is recorded for Failed Critics and is a part of the Failed Media network of podcasts along with Field and Mullinger's Underground Nights and the Failed Critics Film Podcast. And you can check us out at failedcritics.com or find us on Twitter at Characterunlock. Thanks for listening.